are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that, and like you, right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. shine. I do. I do still have it. What's that? Where's that? Big butter. Name? Big butter. Yeah, that's big Did butter. Did you ride big butter to New Zealand? No, no, no I that, wish. But that would have been awesome. Trip? <laughs> Didn't you take like a trip? Yeah, uh, in 2018, I did a three-month-long road trip out west. My cousin Tori from New Zealand joined me for about a month of that, bouncing from friend to friend and place to place all over the west. Then you had a breakdown here and there. Yeah, yeah, I had a couple of those. I remember those. those. Yeah, that's true. Over the 4th of July. I spent the 4th of July in a motel in the middle of nowhere. (gasps) That was awful. (laughs) But also something you should write in your diary. You write? Just to remember. I, it, That's it's a a gra- it is a great memory. I actually, I had to walk a mile from the motel to the closest gas station just to like get some snacks and I bought a six pack because I'm like, it's the 4th of July. Like I need to celebrate somehow. And you're just alone? Yep. Yep. Did you know, my van's broken. Fireworks. Oh <laughs> no, no, there's nothing it's around. Like there's nothing empty, at all. Complete darkness. Yeah. I just sat in my black shaded out motel room watching Independence Day. <laughs> oh my goodness. Big butter let you down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was also like, that was the s- second day of the trip too. <gasps> And I was supposed to be arriving in Dallas for Ben's wedding. Did you miss the wedding? No. I was intentionally going down like four or five days early to kind of like help them and maybe do some setup and stuff. Instead, you stayed in the Motel 6. Yeah. They ended up actually, I got a Greyhound bus and just like bust out to Dallas and they had to like go pick me up in Dallas and bring me and I just had to stay with them at Brooke's parents' house. And so, like, I got to know her parents really well, because then I ended up staying there for, like, two weeks after, because they were still working on my van. I blew a head gasket, and so they had to order out parts and machine things. Can I stay with you? Well, no, they were long gone. They went on their honeymoon, and I was staying with Brooke's parents, these people I just met. But they were really cool people. Good thing you're friendly. Well, they were very friendly, too, and nice people. They opened their home up to me, so it was great. Independence Day. Yes. I feel like alone <laughs> in a motel, dark. I mean, it just makes me feel like... It was miserable. Oh, was it? Because I, I would feel like I was in a movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Close, no, like, I get that. Yes, I totally did. And like I totally peeking did. out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally Staying did. up all night, can't sleep. Yeah. Because there's money hidden somewhere, yeah. you know, and they're Order coming some dominoes. after it. It's yeah. in your room yeah. <laughs> and they're coming for you. That's how I would have. Yes. It. Yeah, I get that. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Eliza. No. Next week. <laughs> I'm going. I didn't have time. It's been a very busy day. Eliza, what nationality is that? I should choose my own nationality. The, you know, the, the Russian form is like E. Katarina. Oh, Eliza going, and Katarina. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing that. That's it today. All right. We do know who we are. This is Beth. This is Kate. And we are shining the spotlight on Michael Broderick today. Woohoo! Hey, hey. Michael. Oh, Welcome. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. I've been listening to your guys' podcast, and I've been loving it because I love that we just really get to know the congregation in a totally different way. Like, for instance, Josh Graham's podcast really spoke to me. Yes. Because I've known Josh since he started coming here. Right. He's a great guy, and I love him and all and everything, but like... 
I've never really gotten to have any one-on-one time with him. And so like listening to his podcast, he's lived my life. I can relate to him so much. <laughs> yes. and I had no idea. Whole new level. Yeah. This podcast gave that to me and that was really cool. I appreciate what you guys do. So Thanks. Thank you. And with COVID, isolation yeah. and distancing and you feel far away from people. Yeah. Thanks thanks for agreeing to be vulnerable and open with us today. Michael was born and raised in the Boardman and Canfield area. He became a Heartland Lion at 13 and graduated from Heartland Christian School. Got a lot of friends from the Upper Room. And he started coming to the Upper Room youth group in 2009. He was just a little teenager. Couldn't even drive. You know, like like bum houses to stay (laughs) at. Like, can I stay at your house? (laughs) Yep. Did a lot of walking around town. He's been... Been with us, became a member of the church in 2010. Did your mom come with you then? No, okay, I came. came I came without her. Yeah, you were the brave soul. <laughs> After high school, he went to IHOP, the international, not the breakfast place. <laughs> no, for pancakes. But well, I went there a lot too. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> he went to the International House of Prayer and did an internship. Did you do a three month or six? I just did a three three months. Yeah. And then he traveled New Zealand for a couple of months. He likes to travel. He's mm-hmm. got an adventurous spirit. Yes. And he has a, a van called Big Butter. <laughs> but he drove out west for several months and went to how many states did you go to? I can't even remember. I totaled it up at one point. It's in the teens. Yeah, I covered a lot of ground out there. So likes to travel. Went to Wyotech and Mm -hmm. got his mechanics license. Mm -hmm. And he's a big car fan. He's driving his grandfather's Cadillac CTS 2011. Mm -hmm. It's for sale. Right now. Yeah. What color is it? It It's black. It's black. It's sharp. If you're looking for a pretty sharp Cadillac, he's selling it. Yeah. Talk to Michael. You'll get a 10% discount if you mention oh the shine absolutely. code. <laughs> sure. The shine code. Yep. Just type that in. Shine 10. <laughs> Maybe 10%. Upperroom.com backslash yeah. okay, shine well, code. You'll have to work that out with him if you want to buy a Cadillac. But. <laughs> he has been married to the lovely Wesley for a year and a half. And I, I, will, I will tell you, it was so fun to watch your relationship bloom because we, I don't yeah. think we've had a lot of like loves met at the church. Well, you didn't meet at the church, but you know, like. We did actually. I was going to say, oh, but you did? did you? Yeah, okay, yeah we met, you met here. Lamp post. Yeah, yeah. And Big Butter played a big part in that too. So he <laughs> met his wife here and she is lovely. So if there's any young single Christian guys out there, you can meet your lovely wife at the church, possibly. No guarantee. <laughs> I was going to say, we're promising a lot. 10% yeah. off a caddy and find your, find your love. So they've been married for a year and a house. They bought a house in town. They've been mm-hmm. residents in Columbiana for two years now. Two years. And oh, I love it. Well, we've owned the house, house for two. Quite so handy. Cute. Can do Thanks. bathrooms. That's all Wesley. I just do the labor. Wesley does all the design. So I made it a house. She makes it a home. Aww. You know, like it's only cute because of it's, her. It takes a couple. <laughs> I just so. slop some paint on there. And he really likes house projects. So they're thinking yeah. of flipping houses and renting. That could yeah, be his next potentially. stream of income. So anyhow. I feel like you'd be a great landlord. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Maybe one day. I'd rent from you. All right. Great. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'll let you know when I got one available. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> That'll be my side house. Yes, there you go. Yeah. I need some space. Right. Your kids, right. you'll rent a yeah. house for your kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome. We're so happy to have you here. Yeah, Michael. Yeah. So, Michael, tell us who or what turned your light on. Like I said, I've been listening to this podcast a good bit, and I've been thinking about that a lot. The easiest way I can explain it is not so much as like a light turning on, but more as like a campfire. Oh, I um, love all these analogies. 
You know, I was like Josh, you know, born and raised in the church and church I grew up in was a non-denominational church. And from what I'm told, it was pretty charismatic, but I was a pastor's kid too, a little bit. Like my dad was a pastor and or a deacon and or an elder. Like he played, made many different roles over the years there. But I was one of those like very hyper, like bounce off the wall type of kids. I was not like a pay attention and like know what's going on at church kind of a kid. So, you know, crawling under the pews and stuff. I don't really remember a ton of that church and the atmosphere. You know, like I remember the songs and I remember VBS, but like, that's about it. So, but when I was about nine, we started going to a Presbyterian church in North Lima. The pastor there was an awesome pastor and he was really great, but the atmosphere was nothing like it is here. Did um, you have to sit up straight and be quiet? Oh, yes. Yeah. Very straight laced, acoustic guitar and one singer. And it was a little hard for me being there. Although, I, like I said, I loved the pastor there. He was really great. Even his sermons like, were awesome, but it was very bureaucratic there too. Like both my parents were elders there. It was just, I mean, even really hard on my mom. So I, like, through all that, you know, I had never made my parents' faith mine. We, you know, first it starts with we changed churches, and then a couple years later, we moved from Boardman into this, like, little rinky-dink house on a dead-end street where I had a ton of friends, and we just owned that street, to living in this massive house in Canfield in this development where, like, none of the kids ever came outside and played. So I was, like, alone in that, and I started going to this Christian school, which was tiny compared to Boardman where I was going. I wasn't miserable or depressed, but I wasn't really a fan of it. And I had just kind of like started going through, I guess, like just wonder of like, okay, this like, especially going to Heartland Christian, where you're just completely surrounded by it 24 seven, there's no escape. And so I'm like, all right, like, what is this all about? And thinking about it a little bit. And and then my parents split up. My dad left uh, super surprisingly to all of us, really. But especially us kids, my dad was always a very private person, so we never knew what was going on with him ever, as far as like his thoughts and emotions and stuff. When he left, I took that really hard, because he was like my Christian pedestal. He was pastor at one point, and it was always, you you know, marriage is till death do you part, and you don't separate from that, you know? And a lot of values, you know, he then started living this lifestyle that was very different from what I was raised in and taught. That was really hard for me. So like I, that created a lot of doubt in my life Mm -hmm. and a lot more questioning. So I had started pursuing like, okay, well, what is it all about? Maybe it is Christianity, maybe it's not. So I kind of pursued, like not pursued, but like looked at other religions in the sense of studied a little bit of Buddhism and a little bit of Hindu. Well, what do they talk about? What do they believe? Not even like I want to believe it, but what is it? Because I know Christianity in the sense of, oh, I know a lot of Bible verses because I had them pounded in my head forever. And I could tell you every lyric to every song. And I was like, let's look at these other ones. And I was just really struggling with trying to find truth and not knowing what exactly was the truth. And then a great family friend of ours that I grew up with was at that church that I grew up in originally and was a friend of my dad's, Dave Cahoot. He came and spoke at Heartland uh, at one of our chapel services. Dave is an incredible guy. If you don't know who he is, uh, he has a ministry called Talk is Cheap and wrote a book with that as well. And he basically like does young adult ministries and a lot of public speaking at schools and things like that. I mean, he's the cause of countless souls saved. 
you know, like he's an incredible man. And I owe him so much personally in my life of just how much of a role model he's been and, and how great he has been in my life. But he came and spoke at chapel and mentioned a young man that I grew up with at our church who had passed away from a brain tumor. And I knew, and that was something that I had took kind of hard in my life when I was younger too, and kind of started some of the questioning because, you know, it launched that whole like, well, this was just a young kid that loved you, God, how could this happen kind of a thing, you know? Dave really just spoke into that and God just touched my heart that morning at chapel to the point where like I ended up staying in the auditorium with Dave and it was Susie Shield in the auditorium praying and talking and weeping and making a mess. And so I'd say like I compare my light more like a fire because I've always had that basic fire, that like little kindling, like I grew up in the church, but it wasn't much. You know, I think of moments like that. Dave coming into my life, my fire had burned down to just these embers Mm -hmm. and there was little flame. There's no heat coming off of it. Like it's almost worthless. You're not getting light. You're not getting heat. So it's not shining, but sure. Yeah. Maybe it was faith. Yeah, sure. I still said I believed in God, but Dave Cahoot was the, you know, throw a bunch of logs and throw some kerosene on it and that got it going, you know, kind of a thing. And, and so like there, I just feel like there's so many moments through my life, like apart from, you know, like going through high school, I had my rebellious moments and or whatever, and the fire dimmed down or then go to IHOP. That was a huge one for me going to IHOP. Actually, even at Heartland, Heartland was amazing to me and just so good for me. Like I learned so much there in so many ways. I don't look at Heartland like a school in the sense, you know, like, especially for me, I am not a school person, Kate can attest. She had me. In, she great. had me in eighth grade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I did real well. Um, <laughs> so, did but you mark for Bible. I did. Yeah. I loved. Uh, actually, that was one of my favorite classes, just because it was conversational. You know, like we didn't we didn't have a whole bunch of homework and stuff like that. And he was like, "Oh, if you talk in my class, you're probably gonna pass." So I was like, "Oh, great. I'll do well on this one." So, but like Heartland, just amazing friendships that I still have to this day and just amazing like uh, teachers and and influencers in my life, such as you, Kate, you know, like, I mean, and it's awesome that I still get to have you in my life, you know, being here and everything. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, and like have an actual like relationship with you, not just like, oh yeah, she was my eighth grade English teacher, you know? I owe so much to Heartland for that, and I appreciate that. And it it was a big foundational stone in my faith, I would say. The one that definitely made it my own faith and a deep faith. The biggest, I guess what, the biggest heap of wood put on the fire that created the biggest bed of coals was IHOP. And just going there was, because you're just completely submerged there. I mean, my first morning there and, and what we had to do six days a week was from midnight to six in the morning, you're in the prayer room. And that's praying, reading the Bible, worshiping, whatever you want to do in there, but you're not allowed to be on your computer or your phone and you're in the prayer room hours six hours and it was like from the first day so like we weren't equipped at all did everyone get that shift yep everyone that did fire in the night my internship that i did yeah fire in the night that was a six hour six days a week and on your sabbath which for us was friday it wasn't six hours but it still was two hours that we had to be in there (laughs) it was so hard the first 
couple weeks, especially, you know, six hours felt like a day. I was incredibly hard, but it was awesome because you went into the prayer room for six hours and then you went into, you had lunch at six in the morning and then (laughs) you would go into classes. The classes were incredible and that's like where they equipped you, you know, like they really taught you of how to like break down and study the word and this is what this means and this is how you can like really pray, like give you words and just structure and help you. I mean, the more you do it, the better you get at it kind of a thing. Prayer is, that's what anything is. The more you use it, the better you get at it. So by the end of it, you know, the first, that was the other thing too, is like we actually, we kind of had chores too while we did the internship. Twice during the three months for a week, we had to clean the prayer room because we're night shift and it's a 24-7 prayer for years they've been doing this. So they try to do it at night because that's when there's less people in there and the camera, it's like they just try to like shoot around us as we vacuum and stuff. But like every night we had to clean it and each team had to do it for a week twice throughout the three months. And the first time, like we had it the first week and that was the best part because it was like, oh, this is a whole like hour that I get to kill that goes by fast. (laughs) And then we had to do it the very last week and I hated it. I was like, are you kidding me? You're taking me a whole hour from my time. Six hours in the prayer room would go up like 30 minutes some days. You know, it was incredible and it was so amazing. And I just drew so close to God and just created this deep foundation that was incredible. So that's why I, I say like my light is not like a switch. There was there's never really, I would say, been an off and it's never just flipped on. There's been ups and downs. There's it's died down to some embers. It's been a little flame. It's been roaring that you can't get close to it. It goes all over the place. So after you met Dave, you plugged yourself into a youth group. Many youth groups, so, actually. Oh, you were a hopper. <laughs> I well, I had I tried to have one almost every night of the week. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I I went to Tuesday night, I went to youth group at Assembly of God in Salem, which is where my really close friend Ashley Burkhart went, and she led worship team. So I played bass with them on worship team there. So she kind of recruited me and I started going there. I was going to the one at, at New Creation. And then I found like, Coach Phil told me to start coming to Upper Room. And that actually just happened by mistake. Like I didn't have a ride after soccer one day and Coach was like, well, I have to go do youth group so you can come in with me to here. And all right. And I just (laughs) fell in love with it. I was like, all right, great. I've got youth group like three nights a week. This is great. Yeah. And it just worked out well. I mean, my mom had to drive me everywhere. And of course we live 15, 20 minutes away, not in town. So she didn't like it a a ton, but (laughs) I loved it. I forgot to mention that Michael is a musician as well, and he's been on the Upper Room worship team for eight years, Mm -hmm. playing bass. And I'll put another plug in for the EP, Weight of Your Glory. Michael is a part of that project and, Mm -hmm. and played on that. So if you haven't picked that out, we'll put the link in the bio again. This Michael, this Michael, two Michaels and Kate are all on it. How did your relationship with Jesus change from, you know, you were plugged in, you were in a Christian school, you were going to three youth groups, you know, you were raised in it, but how did it change? How did your relationship change with Jesus when you went to IHOP? I'd say when I was going, when I was at Heartland and at all those youth groups, I was, I was in it and I was loving it. And I was, was definitely like a Christian and, you know, all about it and everything. But I would say like, it wasn't deep. It wasn't a relationship. It was 
It was a religion. It was my, my faith, but it wasn't a relationship. I didn't know what I wanted to do after high school. I knew, like like I said before, I'm not much of a school person. I knew I didn't want to like go to school for four years, especially if I didn't know what I wanted to do and end up going to school for like five or six years, like many of my friends I saw do. I was just like, you know what, like, I'm just gonna pursue God and pursue myself, like figure out who am I, I'm gonna be leaving home, I'm gonna be maybe going adulting. to school or whatever. Yeah, adulting. What do I like, actually believe and feel about anything and everything? What, what do I want to do with my life? And where do I want to go? So I want to take a year off from school. I was like, well, if I'm going to do that, I want part of that to be traveling, but I also want part of that to be completely dedicated to just pursuing God. And that's what IHOP was for me. Like I said, when I was there, they just like equipped you and they just truly did show me and help me see that it really is a relationship, you know, is what Christianity is about and supposed to be. And that's, there's so much more, I believe, and I've always kind of felt like you can be saved believing in Jesus. And yeah, maybe your relationship isn't great. But like, if you have a deep and great relationship, there's so much more for you. You know, there's just pursuing him, like there's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when you just start seeing what he has and what he's capable of, when I went to IHOP, I got to see and hear God move in ways that I didn't even fully know were possible. You know, like I said, I was talking to you, Beth, earlier about before I started coming to Upper Room of Officially, as my church, I went to a 24-7 prayer and Ben McCowan invited me and was there with me. And we kind of took a night shift. And this was before Fire in the Night internship. Ben had just gotten off his Fire in the Night internship mm -hmm. um, and was home in town. I was there with him in the middle of the night and we were praying and he prophesied over me. And that was like my first experience of that ever. When it happened, I was trying to tell someone else about it. I didn't even know it. I was like, <laughs> he was talking like he was God, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I was like, I don't, I don't, what is it? And then like, somebody was like, Michael, that's prophecy. I was like, oh, I didn't know that was still a thing, you know? <laughs> so, and, and IHOP, there was just, that was everywhere. They gave you that, like they equipped you with that, showed you how this is what to pursue and ask for from God. And like, this is what he has available for you and like wants to give you if you want to have it. It was just incredible because it, it really, like I said, it, it became about having a relationship with him and just getting to know him and what he has for me and in my life and the things that I can do for him with him doing him through me, you know, like the power that I have just because I believe in him and know him and love him. That's awesome. Because like for me, like I'm definitely a huge helper. I love helping people and doing things for people. I just feel like he definitely gives me the strength to do that because I feel like I'm almost bad about that. I might over... Michael, are you I, a two? I am. I am a two. Are you a healthy yeah. two? Uh, I try to be, you know, but I, I do definitely overschedule. I've been known to overschedule myself uh, and definitely definitely not schedule for myself enough. Mm. I've gotten better about that for sure. Yeah, I just feel like I love helping people and I feel like God just gives me so much strength and like just gives me the opportunities to do that. And like, I feel like I've just been so blessed in my life too, over and over and over again, just with the community I have and the skills that he's given me yeah. and the resources that he's given me, like mm -hmm. through family and friends and the connections that I have and especially my community, like this community here at Upper Room and uh, even outside of here that I have like a lamppost and, and so many other things has just been so amazing. But it's so amazing that I can bless others with that too and through that. Mm -hmm. It's not just my blessing. 
And I love that. Earlier, you were mentioning this. I just wanted to say this before we hop on another topic. But you were saying that you were really searching to find out more about who you were, Mm -hmm. find yourself. And I love that the decision was to take six months and to go after Jesus. Hmm. Because really, where do you find more about who you are and what you were made for and the purposes you were given than searching after Jesus? I mean, I just feel like... It's in all of that searching where you find yourself and these moments of revelation where you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And that was the really cool thing with that too, because I went, like I finished my internship at IHOP in Kansas City and I came home three days before Christmas, spent Christmas with my family. And then I think two or three days after Christmas, before the new year even, flew down to New Zealand and spent two and a half, maybe three months in New Zealand. And it was so cool getting to do it like that because I had like just gotten done with my internship, getting equipped with all this stuff and like being able to just like worship and pray deeply and fully and, and, you know, unashamed. And I go to New Zealand, which of course everyone in New Zealand calls God's country, Mm. but I go to New Zealand, which it's called that because it is just so stunningly beautiful. Mm. It's an incredible place. And so it was like, to me, just more of God. I got to go there and I'm like, how could you not believe in God? Look at this. This is amazing. (laughs) And it was just so incredible. And also the other thing too, you know, they're tiny islands in the middle of the ocean, not heavily populated. So like the stars are stunning out there and and Milky Way galaxy and that kind of stuff. I just love, you know, I can't help but think about God looking at the stars, Mm -hmm. you know, that was, that was really incredible and important to me just getting to see so much of God and, and pursue him in in pursuing what he has for me and and my life and what he wanted to do. And and that also was what my road trip was um, Mm -hmm. in 2018, which would have been a few years after that, um, I guess six years after that. That was kind of the same thing. Like I had realized I was sick of just being stuck in the rut of the job that I was working. I was like, I know whatever step I make next is like a big one. Either I'm like buying a house to flip and settling down or, and at the time I was like 100% content being single. I actually was wanting to be single. But then I was like, or before I do that, like since I'm single and I want to be single, like maybe this is the time to live abroad for a year or two or like travel some more or whatever. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go on this road trip and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to think about like what I'm going to do with my life. I was pursuing God in that as well, but without missions, I just kind of was praying and really focusing on that as I traveled. And most of my time on my road trip was seeing his creation, was seeing going to national parks and forests and stuff. You know, just finding God in nature is incredible to me. And I think that's why I make the whole campfire comparison that's just so relatable to me. (laughs) I love that. Michael, he was talking about a sock being pulled out of a speaker. speaker Mm -hmm. Well, it makes me think of, you know, you're talking about this being raised in the church and Kate and I have talked about this and we've had several people on our podcast that have talked about this that grew up in the church mm-hmm. but you know Jeremiah 29:13 you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart mm-hmm. and i think about that verse seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you like sitting in a church or having parents that bring you to a church we can be in the environment and have all the information that's 
floating around us. But until Mm -hmm. you make a decision like, I want to know more, I want to seek, God shows up and finds you. So Yeah, and that that was the thing from, you know, like I said, like after Dave Cahoot and, you know, going through Heartland and everything, it was Mm -hmm. like, I don't want this to just be my parents' religion that, you know, like I tag along kind of a thing. And just because my dad isn't necessarily walking in this on this path and and in this kind of a lifestyle or in a, in a different lifestyle I should say doesn't mean that it's not true you know mm-hmm. just because he turned away from it doesn't mean that it's not true there definitely was that decision for me to like make it my own for sure but I think I didn't fully understand or know how to do that until I was at IHOP and was just submerged in it and I'm sure your mom's prayers Michael's mom is Marnie Broderick. That woman is a saint. Who is a part of our fellowship as well. I know she, her prayers were fervent for you. Yes. She's an amazing woman. Great mother. So what lights you up? I think I kind of answered that a little bit with like, I love helping people. That is a huge thing for me. I love, like I said before, like I love using the skills that I have that God's given me and the things that God's blessed me with to like be able to bless others with my passion of cars. Like I Right. Michael, I had to buy a new car battery when you worked at, which, which at, at place was, yeah. there were so many of them <laughs> in our little town. Napa. Yep. I bought a battery and he came out and put it in and- yep fixed it all up for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love uh, working on cars for my friends and stuff like that. And for people, I love being able to help people out and just, just saving them money, you know, don't go to a garage and pay them a hundred bucks an hour to do something on your car. Like I can help you out kind of a thing. So I've done that for a lot of friends and family. And I love that I can share in that way. Cause you know, like I, I did, like it said earlier, went to WyoTech to learn mechanics and spent a lot of money going there. So I might as well put it to use <laughs> kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> so he only charges $95. Yeah. Hour. Only 95, not that hundred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I do, do like to see it as a ministry. Like one way I, I want my light to shine and so someone to get light and warmth from my fire, I guess I could say, is I have a passion that I'm trying to pursue and looking into pretty heavily here. I've also kind of feel like God has called me to be a father to the fatherless a little bit since I didn't my dad's passed away now, but he didn't pass away when I was young, when I was 13. But I felt like I lost him in the sense that like he was not my dad anymore. He was a totally different person. That was really hard because it was like, you know, he meant so much to me and he was this completely different person and I didn't have any kind of a relationship with him really. After he left. After he left, yeah. And and things were mended with that definitely. And, you know, there was a lot of healing there and uh, a lot of growth and things got a lot better between us and with us. But after that, God just kind of revealed that to me. And I I think that was definitely one thing that he was speaking into me at uh, IHOP too um, when I was there. You know, Wesley and I have talked about and prayed about potentially fostering or adopting before we have our own in the future. But the big thing I would like to do is use my skills like working on cars that I would like to have a ministry one day of just taking in kids and okay, like teaching come them. over here and here's an old junky crappy car I bought. Like, let's fix it up and let's bless someone with it. Let's fix this car. I'm going to teach you guys a trade that you can use, even if it's just to work on your own cars kind of a thing. And I'm going to tell you about Jesus along the way and just feed into your life and show you love. And at the end, once this car is all fixed up, we're going to bless someone with it. Like give it to someone who needs a car or, you know, sell it and donate the money or whatever, you know, that's, that's something amazing. that I, I really want to pursue. 
yeah. And I hope that my light can shine in that way for sure. But for now, I'm just helping out. (laughs) Another way you're letting your light shine, if you want to talk about this, is your relationship with your stepbrothers. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I didn't even really think about that. You know, that's funny because I was, you know, listening to Becky Osborne's podcast and, and how she said it's better for other people to tell us because I totally relate to like, I don't even think of it like, I don't know how my light's shining. Like, <laughs> Okay, I'll tell you. He's letting his light shine. He's shining brightly, but tell us the story. Yeah. About being a, a father to the fatherless. <laughs> Back towards the beginning of the year, there was a little bit of craziness with my dad and my stepfamily. There's just a lot of brokenness in his life, a lot of depression, and things weren't great with their marriage. And, you know, they were going through financial issues and this and that and whatever. When the pandemic hit and the shutdown happened, all five of them, I have twin 16-year-old stepbrothers. I'm sorry, 17. Yeah, 17-year-old stepbrothers. And 13-year-old, now 13. At that time, he was 12. Stepbrother. They all were like stuck in the house together at a time that emotions were heightened and things were crazy. And there was just one night that things got a little out of hand and were kind of wild. And I got a late night phone call and I just was not comfortable with the boys being trapped in that house anymore. You know, they had not gotten to see a lot of Jesus in their life uh, in that home. I mean, they believed, you know, they went to church on holidays and stuff like that. But I just kind of was like, you know, I wanted to tell my dad and and my stepmom, I was like, listen, you guys obviously have things you need to work out that you're going through right now. So like, I want you guys to be able to do that. Let me take the boys since they're doing school online anyways, just do it at my house. Wesley and I'll take care of them. We're not working right now, so we can help them with school and, you know, we can feed them and just take care of them. So for about five weeks during the pandemic, during the shutdown, uh, I wasn't working for seven weeks. And those middle five weeks, we had those three boys living with us. And it was wild (laughs) because they ate for five between the three of them, at least. (laughs) So yeah, that was pretty wild. The grocery bills got expensive really fast (laughs) when income wasn't coming in. So that was fun. But that was awesome. And like what I love, I was saying earlier about this community, because things did get really tight and were kind of crazy for a little bit there and this church just opened up. It was incredible, you know? We had food getting dropped off on our front porch and back door all the time and even like I have a really good friend who he's had a lot of struggles and different things in his life that he's dealt with and I'm very thankful that I've been able to like be helpful and there for him in many ways. But it was crazy during the pandemic his landlord somehow like weekly was getting this large amount of food that he said was like leftover from their church food drive they did every week. And he was giving them to my buddy and it was like, you know, three weeks worth of food for him alone. So like he was giving it to me and it was just like literally as soon as we got the boys in the house and that stopped happening as soon as they were out of the house. God showing himself again and again and again. And, you know, like my mom was making sourdough bread left and right for us and (laughs) dropping off eggs and like all kinds of stuff. And it was just amazing seeing like God work in that. And it's like, I gave him a home for a little bit got to share Jesus with them because that was the awesome thing too of like having them on Sunday mornings and having Chris speaking and and church on YouTube every weekend was awesome. Wesley and I like, hey, like we're having church. You guys are here. We're going to have breakfast and then we're going to have church in the living room. Like it's not like regular church. You don't have to dress up. You could be in your PJs. It doesn't matter. It's great. Yeah. And it was awesome just seeing them open up and just the love that got poured into their life was really awesome um, and special to me. And I feel like that was like just as good, if not better for me than it 
was for them. And like I said, yeah, like my light was shining on them, but like I just felt like the funnel, you know, like I was just mm-hmm. catching everything this church had and like, you know, everything God had for them and just like what everything that was going on. And like, I, I, I actually don't know how I wasn't stressed and worried the entire time because like I said, I didn't have a paycheck coming in. We just survived off of our savings for seven weeks. It just seemed like my bank account never went down. Like, it was awesome. I'm feeding like eight people, 10 people now, (laughs) and I still have all of my money. How is this working out? You know, it was just like really cool. And the really awesome thing about it too was that they blessed me in that I had three strapping young lads worth of free labor for five weeks. So I put them to work. (laughs) We completely renovated our basement during that time. So like God works in so many different ways. Like they got to be a light to me and Wesley during that time. Time. There's yeah. not. I don't think there's a lot of newlyweds that would be like, let's take on no. three teenagers. Oh yeah, we were eight months in. Yeah, when we did that. Yeah, she's a saint for doing that. Like I, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, she really? was really cool about it. Because I at first I was like, this has just got to happen. I'm doing this. Like I'm driving down there and I'm getting them. And then I was like, oh, I need to talk to my wife first. <laughs> <laughs> and I talked, and she was like, yeah, if you feel like this is what we need to do, and like obviously something needs to happen down there and in that house so yeah do it we have the means to do it right now do it and you planted those seeds and you know now that your dad's passed away and Mm -hmm. still being able to plant seeds and sow into those boys yeah build that relationship with them is special yeah it's been great yeah because it definitely uh made our relationships a lot deeper and a lot more you know very close and personal for five weeks so yeah it was really great I think that there are a lot of different ways to let light shine when we talk about shining. Mm. You know, how do you let your light shine? Some of them mm. aren't necessarily difficult. I think there are lots of ways to let your light shine that are easy, but there are ways to let your light shine that are actually very, very difficult. Mm. And so I feel like that's one of the things that I appreciate so much about you and Wesley is that when you shine, it's sacrificial. You guys are very willing to sacrifice things. Mm. And that to shine, but that's a different kind of shine. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, I feel like we have gifts or talents and, you know, you can play the bass, which is very nice. So thank you for playing on Sunday morning. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's not the same type of shining sometimes Mm. as sacrificing your eighth month of newlywed marriage to have, you know, (laughs) three teenagers come into your home and live with you for almost two months, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We both definitely have, have a heart for that. We love that we can just bless people and help people as much as we can. Even before we got married, that was always one of our goals. We we're like, we just want to bless people as much as we can. And so that's what, like what we strive for. You know, I feel like that's how we both kind of shine. I mean, I'll let her speak for herself when she does her own podcast. But <laughs> Yay, Wesley! <laughs> it's definitely how I should let my light shine. So is there anything else that you want to tell us? You know, I've really been thinking about this hard since I listened to Josh's podcast, especially. (laughs) What did he say? He hates gift cards? Pretty much, because he didn't have much else to say. He likes to go from item to item in the store. He wants to shop. Yeah. Michael S. Talk has a squirrel friend. Right? All right. I One just came to me. Okay. You know, this was a recent revelation. I think this happened last night. Um, I guess this is probably going to apply mostly to newlyweds. So it's funny how you don't realize how different your life is from other people's lives. Like what is your normal until you're married? (laughs) And you don't realize how much of your life is impacted in that way. You know, I feel like I've gotten 
over most of that now that we've been married a year and a half. Like, and it, you know, it hasn't been anything bad or tension causing or anything yeah. like that. We've been fine. Like, we've had a great year and a half That's of first wonderful. marriage. One hundred percent amazing. Good. Even amidst all of it all, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's a rough year and a half. It was crazy. I mean, worldwide. (laughs) Right. Not with everything going on. Well, and personally, too. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But our marriage was great. You know, that was all good. We were just talking like last night. It's funny. Wesley's ideal Christmas and present situation and how she was raised was like lots of gifts, lots of little gifts. (laughs) You should see under our Christmas tree right now. It's insane. Our Christmas tree. We have a decent sized live Christmas tree and you can't get near it. You can't get near it. All the way around it is surrounded by gifts that she has for like anyone and everyone, you know? And then of course, 15 of those gifts are for her mom alone, you know, (laughs) like things like that. I come from a family and was raised in the way I like receiving gifts is like, well, I would rather one larger gift, something like that's a $65 item that I would not spend $65 on myself normally, but like, that's an awesome gift. So I really appreciate it kind of a thing. (laughs) So she was like, well, that's not how I like it. So don't do that for me. (laughs) I was like, no, I know I'm not going to. It was just interesting. (laughs) Does she give you a number? (laughs) No, she doesn't give me a number, but I just kind of like do the main things that I think like that's the other thing too is like that doesn't stop me from getting bigger gifts I'll get a bigger gift anyways and then I'll just be like well I know what she likes pretty well you're and gonna give her the Cadillac aren't you <laughs> she wouldn't want it I wouldn't She'd I don't like, want get it that out of here. <laughs> we don't need anything that fancy honey go look outside <laughs> it's a nice car and all too nice for us it's just funny how like that just comes up you know like mm-hmm. I feel like we've mostly gotten the flow of things and we figure each other out and there's just these little like surprises every once in a while that's like this is is weird but all right i guess we'll make it work <laughs> yeah i buy her the bigger gifts and then i just like go to the dollar store target or tj maxx or whatever oh, yeah. and i'm like oh she uh-huh. this candle is good mm-hmm. and oh there's a special treat that she wouldn't get normally and some coffee you got and it i just like get all that oh, kind Michael, of stuff you're so and good. it works out so like you just gotta learn and figure it out it comes it comes along so you're learning i think that's great advice in general not just for newlyweds yeah. but also for husbands there you go just give it a go i love love that she says i don't like that and then michael <laughs> says not doing that. that's all right yeah. she's like well i like a lot of gifts <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll make it happen you train people how to treat you <laughs> oh there you that go. was good oh i said you train people how to treat you oh. i like that well michael it's been great getting to know you and it's yes, been fun talking so to good. you hey, thanks i really appreciate you guys having me i'm sorry i talked a lot over this time you guys didn't get to oh speak my gosh, too much i feel but... like i learned so much <laughs> though yeah yes. thanks so thanks listeners for tuning in make sure you come back next week for another special guest bye, bye.